Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your engines! Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. It's like a hot one out there. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, good morning, Alan. How you doing? Doing good, boys. Greg, how about you? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Back gave me some problems this week, but all it does, all that hard work I do, you know. I'm... Well, if you get out of bed and move around a little bit, uh, back that, it feel better. Uh, it, well, that's what the doctor said. <laughs> Hush, Perry, you're telling on me. No, <laughs> but, uh, but it looks like we saw some good racing. We did see some good racing, and uh, we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, a surprise winner, if there ever was one. I tell you what, Alan and I were just touching on it before we went live, and uh, that Cole Custer had that 41 hooked up there for the last last few laps. Well, he let them old timers down on the bottom, which I don't believe Ryan Blaney would be a, a old timer, but. Uh, they decided they wanted to start blocking each other, I think, a little bit and side drafting and left the door open for that 41 car on that outside and he kept his foot in that gas. He put her up there and he had it wound up and he didn't back out neither. He come on. Yeah, he did. Looked like he had a good car, which he got out and bragged on that car, said that's the best car he'd ever drove at the racetrack. So, uh, goes to show you, by his cars win. Go through the turns. You got four turns, two straightaways. You go through the turns. Unless you just absolutely ain't got no motor or nothing or way far off. You go down the straightaway. Oh, yeah. These cars nowadays, they are, as far as the technology and stuff like that, they all just about equal as far as horsepower and stuff like that. You know, you can only get so much air, so the rest of it mostly is uh, driver, I'm a driver in the car setup. That's it. Well, it was, um, of course, that was the... Uh race last Sunday with um, uh, I, I tell you what the, the double headers they're having and everything Indy's having them now and, and uh, NASCAR's having them in two different divisions it's I gotta look at the schedule to see if that was the first race of the week or the second race of the week they, they was at Kentucky I think they were at Kentucky but it was just one race but we did run another one uh, and we're gonna get into a little more depth on this stuff later but we did have another race Wednesday night that was uh, I liked it. Yes, I did. Because uh, my guy won. And uh, so the, see, I can see the current standings. We got a log jam here. I've got two wins. Alan's got two wins. Nelson. Nelson's got two wins. Jada's got two wins. And Greg and Ronnie haven't scratched yet. So uh, y'all got to get on the stick. We got to get on the stick. We got to do better. Kyle Bush is going to win a race. I mean, you just stick with him and. He might win the last four races of the year, but you know they'll get it together. Okay, well, if I can have him, I'll take him. <laughs> okay, well, you can have him. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll just 
put them in there willy nilly. Uh, while you were over there writing, uh, Alan, I, I'll take. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with the the nine car. So uh, that's good. To see that nine run, win that race. You what's know? that last name on the bottom over there? I, have no, I just noticed that. Well, I don't know. Uh, take Taylor off of there. Pretty, pretty soon we'll have the whole Dadgum radio station on there, and we got to sort of limit this to the people involved with the show. So, uh, sorry, Taylor. Yeah, sorry, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor's listening right down the road right now. Yeah, Taylor, you, uh, you're a good man, though, for wanting to be a part of it. But know that uh, uh, the, the race Wednesday night, I guess the biggest takeaway from that was, uh, I, I mean... Michael McDowell got a little... He, he was in the way. Now, this was right after the start, and he was in that 34 Loves Ford, and he was uh, trying to keep up, and he did for a few laps, but, you know, by about the 10th lap of that segment, they were pretty much stringing on past him. And when he got back to Bubba Wallace, who uh, I guess that was like... Uh, I wasn't too far back. I'd say the 6th or 7th place, Bubba nudged him like you have to do, like they've been doing since 1961 when they built the place. And so when they got to the straightaway, uh, probably one of the oldest tricks in racing, uh, two cars side by side, and the one that was uh, behind on the outside turns left and hooks him right in the right rear fender, and Bubba was off. The, he was gone. He was, at that point, a passenger, and uh, he hit the wall and tore that car all to pieces and was pretty irate about it, and, uh, and I don't blame him. And, you know, they start saying stuff like, well, uh, Bubba might have come down a little bit. No. No. It was it was Michael McDowell. He kind of turned left, but, I mean, you know, heat of the moment. Sometimes drivers kind of lose their cool. And uh, Bubba, after after that, Bubba lost his cool and took his trunk lid and took it down there and put it on the back of Michael McDowell's tractor and trailer. Well, I think that was a calculated move that was <laughs> – he had time to cool off and think about it and had already done a TV interview uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I can't blame Bubba for, for being angry. Uh, it was early in a race at Bristol, and you, that's going to happen the whole race long, and especially if you are in the way. So, uh, I thought I thought McDowell was way out of line, but, you know, there's two sides to every story. It's just that Bubba hadn't explained his side as far as I know. Uh, I mean, uh, McDowell hasn't explained his side as far as I know. And um, so, we'll see what happens at Texas. That's a high-speed track. A little too much negative caster in the left front. It pulled left. <laughs> See it. <laughs> well, it's you like, know, we, uh, we used to run enough negative in the left front with Earnhardt. Yeah. Just the car was actually pulling itself, it was steering itself into the corner. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. On this dirt race, you push your car in the, in the garage, and when you push it in there, if you push it in there, it's supposed to be turning left. If it ain't turning left, you better be doing something different. I mean, whenever it's, you know, not cranked up and nothing like that, and it's just you pushing it down pit road or whatever, you better have your hand on the steering wheel or it will turn left on you. That's right. And also, if you got that thing in a dead push on dirt and everything, you're going to wind up turning right and looking out one window. And if you're real good, you can sometimes get around a racetrack like that. But yeah, you don't want one pushing too bad. And uh, Castor Perry is what, what we used to call like a bicycle. When you can let go of the steering wheel and it keeps the car straight. Handlebar. Handlebar. Yeah. When you let go of it, it's got 
if it's got the correct castering, it usually either stays straight or it's going to pull one way or the other. Yeah. I know a little bit, but I appreciate the education. But camber, now that's the angle the tires are leaning, right? Yep. So yep. caster and camber. See, I, I was a service Cast manager at Murphy Cadillac Pontiac one time. Caster is top ball joint compared to your bottom ball joint. Right. It's laid back just like the forks on a bicycle tire. If that top ball joint is further behind the bottom ball joint, that's more caster. Okay. So uh, if you get that angle just right, uh, you always want a little less uh, caster in the left front. You do the right front. That way it kind of it kind of turn itself to the left going in the corner. But now on road courses where you got left and right hand turns, you want it equal. That's right. And, you know, um, two thoughts on that. The first one is every time I took my hand off the handlebars, a lot of times it didn't end well. And the second thing is, all these books I've written about the, with these old-timers that used to flat-toe, and everybody's had one come loose. I mean, I didn't talk to one guy that said, no, I never had one come loose. He said he'd look in the mirror, he'd feel a jerk, he'd look in the mirror, and that thing was turning left as it was going off through somebody's cornfield. Well, so uh, that's that's what I think about about the, the caster. Yep. Well, Greg. Yes, sir. Were you able to get us anybody for the show this week? Yes, I was, and we contacted a lot of people. Got some people coming up. We're going to talk to Mr. Tom Jensen today. We haven't talked to him since last year, and he's the main guy, or second main guy. Second him, guy. Him, him and, uh, uh, anyway, we got him coming on, and he's going to tell us what they're doing at the Hall of Fame, you know, they're having to maintain stuff, and I know... A lot of people dying to go up there, and uh, just kind of some idea when fans can start coming in there in a limited number or something because, uh, you know, that thing's taking money, and, you know, they got to have some money coming in like everybody else. So. Now, Winston Kelly uh, is the president. I, I guess yeah. that's his title yeah, of Winston, the Hall of Winston Fame. Is. And um, Tom Jensen's the curator. Yeah, he's like the vice president and curator. Yeah, but I think the curator. I think he's more hands-on with getting the stuff, with you know, the, getting the, the artifacts and, and relics and things in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but he'll be good because that place, I guess it closed down in March sometime. We'll find out for sure. But the Hall of Fame's been closed now probably six, no, it wouldn't be six months because we're only in July, but probably four or five months for sure. And uh, so um, we'll find out what's going with the Hall of Fame and when we can get back in there. I haven't been in two years. You know, Greg, we had that car... That you and I did the research on your daddy's car, the the last the last Thunderbird, and we never went up there to see it. See, that's what happens, Greg. We fooled around, and uh, it may still be on. Well, it, it, it may be, and that's one of the questions I want to ask. But um, I'd like to see that. It was it was noted as one of the most documented cars that they'd had on display in there. Well, uh, um, well, Aaron, uh, what's his name? Hodgson. Yep, paid us to to do that, and and. We did, and uh, and we never got up there to see it. And then at 11 o'clock, Alan, who you got lined up? I've got one of our local drivers here. Mostly now, he is like a gun for hire. He just goes mostly hits the big shows. That's uh, David Smith of uh, High Bridge Automotive down here. Now, that, that's up in Inman, right? Well, he used to be down in Inman, but now I think he's down here off of uh, 295 Bypass down here in Spartanburg. And... Uh, We'll ask him in the 11 o'clock hour where he's located at now. And All right. One of our uh, local drivers here, he runs into, I think it's the 
Crate Lake Mall Division. And like I said, he likes going up to Whiff, Virginia and stuff like that. Travels around a lot. Uh, used to be over here at Cherokee Speedway. Uh, mostly every time the gates ever open, he was there. Sounds like he's one of these kind of like you. They hate to see him coming. Well, because he's not always there. He's, he's, he's tough. He's tough when he gets there. All right. Well, we'll be talking to him at 11 o'clock. But um, in a couple of minutes we have here before the first break and we get Tom Jensen on here. I had a real interesting uh, afternoon yesterday and I didn't even get it rolling until about five o'clock when I saw online of, of the Spartanburg newspaper and on Channel 7 online that a gentleman by the name of um, Ray Arnold Jr., I think he's a junior, Ray Arnold Jr., passed away this week, and he was on Wendell Scott's pit crew from, like, 1961 until uh, until Wendell quit racing. Now, I'm not going to get into all of it because I want to have his daughter who put on a memorial for him that I didn't even know about, like I said, until 5 o'clock, and it was at 6, and I hopped in the car and went up there to the fairgrounds on the infield, and they had it, uh, so you didn't have to get out of the car, but I did. Uh, this lady, um, Tony Arnold, his daughter, who's from Raleigh. Or she's from Spartanburg, but, you know, she lives in Raleigh now. She put this thing on, and they had a slideshow and a big screen set up there in the infield at the fairgrounds. And that big rain shower, they finally hit my house, missed the fairgrounds. So, luckily, I, 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 I didn't get wet. Because it, they had a pretty nice turnout, probably 50, 75 people. And uh, they're doing it again at noon today at Greenville Pickens. Um, but I went up there, and, and bless her heart, she was up there talking about it and trying to explain, you know, about the fairgrounds. And this is where he ran his first race and how they almost built a racetrack here, but they built it in Charlotte. And she had just a lot of her facts messed up. And I was there at that first race. I was nine years old. So I just, at a convenient time, got her attention, and I said, you know, I do a radio show with Greg Moore and Alan Hill on Saturday mornings and um, about auto racing. And I was at that race, and uh, and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, would, would you get on the mic and talk to us about it? So I did, and I did about 25, 30 minutes of stand-up, you know, out there in the middle of the infield at the fairgrounds and told them about uh, Wendell buying that car from Buck Baker when... Buck lived in Spartanburg and had his shop at the corner of Broad Street and South Church, which I think uh, it was a flower shop for a long time. Well, actually, that building's long gone because Buck's garage was on the second floor and you had to go up a big ramp to get to it because uh, I went up that ramp a lot of times with my daddy. So anyway, I started talking about it and make a long story short, which I guess is too late. Uh, she got Frankie Scott, who I'm a casual acquaintance of. I've talked to Frankie several times. In fact, when we were up one time, Greg, at Hillsboro, um, we got him on the phone and he did an interview on Dropping the Hammer with Dale Wilkerson. That's right. And um, so, I mean, he's been on the this station before on the ra racing show that preceded ours. And I don't know how well we remember. The one that you and I knew so much and we danced with out there in Hillsborough was Sybil Shepherd. Oh. Uh, Sybil so. Shepherd, listen to me. Sybil Scott, yes. who was Wendell's daughter and a great lady. Yeah. I remember when they was growing up, I kind of grew up with them. I was a little bit older than her, but they some good people. Well, you know. Some awful good people. We've, uh, I reached out right when uh, a lot of this 
Black Lives Matter and taking down the Confederate flag and a lot of this stuff happened. I've got Wendell's daughter, Sybil's card, and it's still laying right there on my desk. And um, I reached out to try to get her, and she, it, I would either get the mailbox is full or or something. Um, this number is no longer working, but I, I, I think she's available. She was probably just getting hammered back then with a request. Right. But yesterday, Tony Arnold had Frankie um, on the phone. And they had some nice equipment out there, and they had it hooked up. So um, she was interviewing him and asking some good questions. And Frankie was telling all about Wendell and what a great guy Ray Arnold was, who was, the once again, the focus of this. Um, and so, anyway... I'd like to kind of try to build a show around that in the next couple of weeks. And if she's home, or, or if she's not home, I, the only way we could do a three-way hookup um, would be to have her here in the studio. And so if she said she might stick around another week, uh, like I say, she's living in Raleigh. And if she sticks around another week and I can arrange it, we might have her and Frankie, um, Scott, and, and, and honor, Ray, honor Ray Arnold ourselves. Because he looked like a heck of a guy. I mean, they said he if you were broken down on the side of the road, he'd stop and fix it. And he was he was always running around checking your tread depth. And, in fact, yesterday they were giving away tread depth checkers with a Ray Arnold Automotive on the side of it. And um, he just sounds like a fantastic guy. And I'd like I to get... I think it'd be a great show. I, I, think, I hope she stays in town. Well, I, I do, too. Because really that's do. the only way we could do a three-way. We, we don't have equipment here to do a three-way call. But if she's sitting here at the microphone with us and uh and we got frankie on the phone it's a piece of cake so let's see how we can do with that but um hopefully maybe some of the people that were out there yesterday afternoon are listening because i certainly plugged the show enough saying that um you know we're uh, on saturday mornings at 10 on 9 98 3 a uh, fm and uh, 1400 a.m so we'll see what we can do but right now um you said you didn't know him, right, Greg? I mean, it kind of rang a bell, but maybe, maybe not. I bet he was in your shop a time or two looking for Arnold, something. That, 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 that does ring a bell. Okay. And probably one, if I bump in one of our older employees that was around doing stuff and everything, they'll, they'll, they'll remember him or something. Well, if I can set this up for next him. week, maybe we can find out. But right now, we're going to take our first break and come back and talk to Tom Jensen from the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame. You're listening to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Driving Studios in Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante. 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante. Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? Call it. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay. So for the rest of you, download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness. And you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironspur Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And, uh... Credence. We usually don't get some good bumper music, but that was a good one there. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, we're going to bring in right now from um, Charlotte, North Carolina, the curator um, of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Mr. Tom Jensen. Good morning, Tom. Tom, you there? Yes. Oh, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I want to first of all make sure that I got your title right. Are you, You're the curator of the Hall of Fame? I am the curatorial affairs manager, which means I do a little bit of everything. Okay. Well, so, I'm looking at that page from the Hall of Fame uh, that I printed out last night, and that's exactly what it says you are, but I didn't know if that was the same as curator because I looked at curatorial several times, and that's a that's a tough one to get out to, for me well, anyway. It, it just means I help put together the exhibits and, and help write some of the descriptions of, of the uh, artifacts we have on display and the cars we have on display and things like that. I, I do. It, it's kind of a vague title because what I do covers a lot of different things. 
Yeah. Well, Tom, tell us what all the uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, sure. But kind of where is everything at? You know, we're going back racing, and you know, there's very few people in the seats and doing different things. Is there any idea what? I'm sure a lot of people are real curious when they can go back into the Hall of Fame, or is there any kind of schedule y'all got on that, or a criteria that's something that that, that works on that? That all depends on the governor of North Carolina. And right now we are in uh, phase two of the reopening in the state of North Carolina, which means museums have to remain closed. Uh, the governor will review this order, which expires, I believe, two weeks from yesterday. Uh, so he'll review it in about two weeks. And if he gives us the go-ahead, we'll open up as soon as we can. It wouldn't be before two weeks before today, but it depends what he has to say in two weeks. We, are, we have gone to exceptional lengths to do deep cleaning and install um, safety screens and, and all, all sorts of things to make the Hall of Fame as safe as possible. And right now, uh, when we reopen, it's going to depend on what the governor says. Uh, when did you close? How long have you been closed? We've been closed since late March. I don't remember the exact date, but late March. So we're talking going on four months now. Yep. Well, in that amount of time, um, I guess if there is a silver lining to this, and I don't know that there possibly could be, I mean, as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, but has this given you an opportunity to uh, to change some, uh, I mean, I know about the safety things you were just talking about, but maybe get in some more uh, artifacts and displays or rearrange things or uh, make some other improvements uh, that, that you have not maybe had time to do uh and now you've got a lot of time to, to take care of stuff like that. Sure. Well, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is always a work in progress. And between the time that we closed and now, we elected the class of 2021. Exactly. Uh, which will be Dale Earnhardt Jr., Mike Stefanik, and Red Farmer. So part of what I do is meet with the inductees and help them decide what cars they want on display, what artifacts they want on display. So we're already working ahead towards 2021, and that's uh, that's a big part of our focus right now is we want to have that wrapped up uh, in the next couple of months. So that's keeping us pretty busy, and we're going through and adding information to our interactive displays, adding more data, and upgrading things. So, yes, we are working on a lot of projects at the moment, even yeah. though we're not open to the public. Well, like I say, that, like Barry was saying, uh, Tom, it, it beats some good downtime if you need to paint a wall or something <laughs> like that, but it sounds to me like y'all, uh, all that stuff's done been handled good enough or they don't need it, and uh, so y'all can do some of the well, fine, fine, tedious work, like think about in the future. And, uh, matter of fact, that's a pretty good class y'all picked. The, the it's it's a very exciting class. Uh, Mike Stefanik is is one of two drivers who has nine championships. Red Farmer won four championships. And an interesting thing about Red, he was uh, voted most popular driver several times back in the day. And in those days, it wasn't the fans who voted on the most popular driver. It was people who held a NASCAR license. Mm. So he was truly voted 
most popular driver by his peers, which is quite an honor. And not that a fan vote isn't, but to be selected by your peers as the most popular driver is is a great honor. And, of course, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has had a great career on the track and has done some wonderful work in the broadcast booth and on social media since he's left. So we're looking forward to getting this class in. Uh, something else about Red Farmer, the week he got uh, uh, voted in, uh, Greg was uh, good enough to get him on this show and he had a he when we called him um just like i did you a few minutes ago he was in the garage working on his car for a race that night so red farmer is truly an amazing person oh he is and he's still racing you know he's in his late 80s and he still goes to the talladega short track every chance he gets uh he told me a funny story he got his he has had a nascar license continually since 1953, 67 years. Wow. I believe that's the longest anybody uh, in NASCAR history has, has had a license. But he told me in 1953, he was living down in Miami, and he bought a brand-new Hudson Hornet and drove it straight to Daytona to race on the beach there. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, the cars now are so specialized and so technical. The thought of going into a showroom, buying a car, and then driving it a few hundred miles to a racetrack is, is really something. That well, must have been cool. That must have been one of his, uh, must be one of his favorite stories because he told it to us on the air, and the car was um, um, automatic transmission on top of all of yep. that. So, uh, yeah, he's quite a person. Yeah, that's what I was saying. When we called him, he was on the um, he had wrecked his car in a heat race the night before and was getting his backup ready. So, anyway, and yeah, Dale Jr., of course, uh, uh, I'll. We are so history oriented around here, as obviously you would be, being uh, sure uh, at the Hall of Fame. And um, I'm fascinated with Dale's new TV show um, about the old racetracks, which um, I have a personal affinity for. But let me ask you a question now, Greg and I. Um, we were just wondering about this. We we did some research for uh, um, Aaron Hodgson on a, one of Bud Moore's Thunderbirds. It's like the, it's the okay. last Thunderbird he had. And um, shortly thereafter, it went into the Hall of Fame up there, and Greg and I were going to go see it and going to go see it and put it off and put it off, and and it just never has happened, and now we can't go. But is that car still on display, or has it moved on? No, that car has moved on. It's, ah, it's been returned to its owner. What we have on Glory Road now is a display called uh, Glory Dale Earnhardt, or Dale Jr., Glory Road Champions, and it's the all past cup champions and we have 18 cars we have two each from the three seven-time champions dale earnhardt senior um richard petty of course and jimmy johnson and then we have uh cars from jeff gordon the only four-time champion uh we have cars from uh kale yarborough daryl waltrip tony stewart who are the three-time champions we do not have a lee petty car we couldn't get one of those uh but we have a few other cars on there. We have 18 cars all together, and they represent, I believe, about 60, almost two-thirds of the championships won in NASCAR since 1949. Wow, that's amazing. And um, now, I've been there several times, and I'm just sitting here kicking myself in the tail, Greg. We never got up there to see that car, and that was too late. But I know. It, when we talked about that. Oh, we were going all the time, and it's something no, always we came didn't. up. 
But yeah. anyway, um, now the cars that you have in there are they are they hundred um, percent authentic, or y'all do have uh, some recreations? Is that that's true or false? Uh, most of them are a hundred percent authentic. I think on the glory, on glory road, 15 of the 18 cars are a hundred percent authentic and three of them are recreations. Uh, you have to remember the further back you go in history, the less chance you have of saving cars. Absolutely. Because in the old days, you know, people were done racing a car. They either junked it or sold it. And like the Richard Petty car we have from 1964 is a recreation, but it was built by uh, Petty's Garage in Randleman. So it, it's pretty close to the real deal. But we have two real cars from Dale Earnhardt or from Dale Earnhardt Sr., two real cars from uh, Jimmy Johnson, one real car from Petty. Gordon's car is the 97 Daytona 500 winner. Uh, Stewart's car is is a real car. Most of them, the overwhelming number of them are real. Now, you don't have a Bud Moore car for Dell Sr., do you? No, we have his Wrangler car from 1980, his first championship season, the number two, blue and yellow. Right, that was Osterlund's car. Because I know that um, not too far away from you up there, if it's still there at Alex Beam's museum in Mooresville, he's got Bud Moore's Thunderbird uh for Dale Earnhardt that he um, he won Darlington in. But anyway, uh, yep. it, it sounds fantastic, and and I, you're right about that. I know that I think the car in the Darlington Museum uh, that was is Johnny Mance's, uh, and it's been there forever. I remember seeing it when I was uh, in, in the 60s when they first opened the Joe, Weather, Joe Weatherly Museum, and it was explained yep. to me that uh, it's a recreation, but however, it's got the running gear, and the rear end and a, and a lot of pieces, you know, from the original car. So you you can't have a hybrid, and um, you, you know that's if that's as close as you can get. That's uh, that's pretty good too. Yeah, well, where, wherever possible, we try to get the real car. I, I'm sure uh, you do. And as you know, with race cars, one of the things that happens they get wrecked. You put on a new rear clip. You put on a new front clip. You blow the engine. You put a different engine in. Um, so, <laughs> so these things do get, get modified over the course of time, but we're very proud that we were able to get as many original cars as we could. I will tell you in the Hall of Honor, we've got, uh, uh, among the cars we've got there is we've got Buddy Baker's Great Ghost, which was the car that set the speed record for the fastest Daytona 500 ever run. Yeah, that car was and so fast that, you couldn't see it coming. <laughs> that, yeah, they had to put... They literally were told by NASCAR that they had to put orange right. tape on the nose so people could see it coming. I remember. It came up on them so fast. Greg's over here but nodding his head. I think it probably uh, mixed it up with the white 15 a little bit, too. Yeah. And uh, yeah. He was, that thing was wicked fast. I mean, it was yep. just, and they did, but NASCAR made them put like a fluorescent piece or a piece of colored yep. duct tape on the front because when he, he, he was catching people. And going by them pretty doggone quick. But, and uh, and it's, re it's really interesting. Waddell Wilson told me that he was a crew chief on the car, and he had to, a body man redo the body three or four times before he got it the way he, he wanted it. And the car was 100% legal, but it had a lot of things on it 
that other people didn't figure out. Like in those days, a lot of people ran the uh, uh, tail up high to get downforce on it. Waddell figured out that by keeping the car, the angle of the car perfectly flat, that the air induction system is at the base of the windshield. And by keeping the car flat instead of raked forward, the air would, would flow better into the air cleaner, and that picked them up about 40 or 50 horsepower right there. Well, if you look at the, the tops of the doors on the left side and the right side, they're different widths. Again, perfectly legal, but, you know, he wanted more downforce on one side of the car than on the other. I, I mean, it's, it's really cool. If you look close, you can see a lot of unique features in that car, and, and um, that's one of my personal favorites. Well, and you know, I, I guess my personal favorite, which I, I don't think is there anymore, it's long gone, but you were talking about the lineage of these cars and how you put clips on them and how they changed over the years. And that's all the research and work they did when Bud Moore went in and, um, and found his Cougar, that, what, the, uh, I'm sorry, the Comet that won the uh, Southern 500 because, I mean, it was well documented yep. and, and it, was, it was someplace and it had gone through several uh, hands, I think, but they found the original car. I mean, it's got the... You can't argue with the VIN number and all that stuff, and uh, that's just that's a miraculous story of just that one car right there. And of course, it's near and dear to us here in Spartanburg. Oh, sure, I remember that car, number sixteen. Yep, um, beautiful car. It beautiful was, car. I, I think um, it was probably be the best car they could have possibly gotten to to represent Bud Moore. Yep, yep. We, I will tell you, in, d in doing our research, we looked to see if there were any. Bud Moore, Joe Weatherly, Pontiacs around from the, the early 60s when he won his two championships. And if one exists, we couldn't find it. So I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist. Well, like you said, back in those days, I mean, they, they had other lives. They went on and it probably died in obscurity and some dirt track and uh, who knows where. But, yeah, those cars, uh, they, they, they lived for a long time. Tom, we're going to have to let you go, but tell us... Uh, I mean, I, I feel funny saying, tell us how, uh, you know, what's going on at the museum, because right now nothing's going on, but just, I'm sure as soon well, as as soon as people, well, okay, go ahead. As soon as people can get in, I'm sure you'll be letting us know. Oh, yeah. And you can go to our website, NASCARHall.com, and I've we've started something called uh, the Curator's Corner, which is a blog. I post three history stories a week about nascar and you know while we're closed they're good things to read so uh it's nascarhall.com uh give it a look see and i uh, hope you enjoy it well, that's great and i knew you were the curator so you just admitted it <laughs> that's a neat deal you're that, talking that, about. that sound good well great thanks deal. for having me on fellas well, tom we really appreciate it and uh when when you get opened back up i'm sure we'll all know about it and we'd love to have you come back on and, and give us some schedules and uh and some events going on there. Will do. And if you ever want to come up once we're open, let me know and I'll take you around personally. Oh, thank you. Well, we're coming, Greg. I we're, mean, we got to get going. off our rear ends and get up there. We're going. Because I've been five times. We just didn't go when we needed to go. But thank you so much, Tom, for coming on the show. Right. And uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I hope. Take care. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Bye -bye. Th thank you. All right. That's Tom Jensen. Uh, we already got Nelson on hold. So let's take a quick break. Come back. And uh, talk to Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like French fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness. And you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Your complete car care center is Part 3 Automotive in Boiling Springs. Part 3 Automotive can take care of your vehicle in a hurry. Whether you need an oil change, new tires, alignments, or anything in between, they have you covered. When it's hot outside, let them check your air conditioning. They specialize in maintenance and repairs, big or small. If you need your oil change quickly, ask about their express oil change. Stop in at 1930 Boiling Springs Road or call for an appointment, 864-599-5900. That's Par 3 Automotive, your complete car care center. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. Good morning, Nelson. 
Okay, which happens all the time. Nelson, are you there? I'm here. Okay, there you go, buddy. Well, we saw quite a race last Sunday. I mean, that was one of the more satisfying races I've seen. I love a surprise winner. And um, that's not a surprise winner in the vein of uh, Justin Haley winning a, a rain-shortened race. That was a that was a young man that got, got the bit in his teeth, and he won that race. No question about that. Well, I mean, that has to be a big boost for... Uh, um, Stuart Haas, because now they've got, uh, I mean, Al Marola, he's just got to be soon to win a race and, uh, and Boyer too, as far as that goes. So, uh, and, and Harvick has sort of been dominant, uh, in a lot of ways. So they've really got their, uh, they got their program looking pretty good right now. Yeah, it's toss up with, uh, whether Pence's group or, uh, Stuart Haas is at the firm of the crop. Right. What, what do you think's going on uh, at Gibbs? I mean, uh, obviously, uh, um, Hamlin's done fine, but uh, I mean, uh, it, is it just a cyclical thing that uh, that Kyle Busch is, is having so much trouble right now? I mean, he's he's not only doesn't seem like he's quite got the speed, but he's got some bad luck going on too. Quite true. Uh, you know, it happens to everybody, and. You know, right now, he's the one who has all the bad luck. Well, what can you tell us? Uh, what What are your impressions over what we've seen lately, and um, what can we expect? And, and and what are some things that you've noticed that uh, maybe uh, my keen eye has missed? Well, uh, you know, uh, Harvick, uh, you know, of course, sort of ringleader at Stuart Haas, but his teammates are still right on his tail. Right. Well, Nelson, we, uh, we've we got a lot of racing on today. I mean, if you sit down in front of the television, uh, I think if you started at about 3 o'clock, you could go just about to midnight with uh, with uh, Xfinity. And then uh, you've got the Indy and the um, cars of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and, um, and the trucks tonight. So uh, it's a full day of racing. And... Uh, it looks like they're actually letting some people back in the stands as they did at Bristol. Uh, that's true. And, you know, heck of a wreck last night at Texas in the IndyCar race. It was, and I was going to touch on that later. But, uh, you know, that's um, uh, probably another big vote for uh, the way they've uh, enclosed that cockpit a little bit with, and with the windscreen. That's so, you know, amazing you know, that it walked away from that. Yeah, if nobody saw it, they um, they were on a... And this is something, and, and I've been thinking about this to ask all of you about. If I'm not mistaken, I'm, that was like an aborted restart. They were coming down for the green, and uh, instead of getting the green, they didn't get the green, but this this uh, fellow in the back now, see, I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but I know he ran up into uh, the the Swedish, the Swedish driver, uh, the 19-year-old... Oh, it was Colton Herta hit the Swedish right. driver and got airborne, and it launched him over the top of, uh, uh, I think that guy's name's Rena VK, over the top of him and up into the, almost into the catch fence. Uh, the catch fence is actually set back some due to the uh, the the way that the safer barrier is, you know, juts out into the track. But he was, he was way, way up in the air, and um, 
and across the top of the car beneath him. And, you know, without those, uh, without those new cockpits, that, that you're right, that, that could have been a fatal. You know, it could have been really bad. And anyway, it was mighty scary. It was scary. Um, well, Nelson, we um, let's get our picks in here. Now, we've already had a few people. Are, we used to do them all at the same time, but we get picks in willy-nilly now. Um, so I've already picked Chase Elliott to go with my win Wednesday night. And Greg's uh, got Kyle Busch because he knows he's going to win someday. Ronnie's going <laughs> to... <laughs> Ronnie's got uh, Truex and... Lanny has got Ryan um, Blaney, so that's, uh, that leaves some others here. Uh, it's wide open for you, pretty much. I know who you like. <laughs> okay. Uh, did Greg get deep in the No, he took uh, uh, Kyle Bush. Okay, well, I'll go with deep in the Oh, you're going out on a little limb there. That's uh, deep in then for. Uh, uh, for Nelson and Allen's going to stick with uh, Harvick, and it looks like he's got Jada. What? What? She's uh, off of Hamlin there, Allen. Yeah, we're going to let her give Hamlin a break. Well, so he wrote a twenty-two in there, so maybe that means he's twice as good as Hamlin. Uh, the Ford's got a little torque power down there. Okay, where they're running at Texas this weekend. Uh, uh, we got all four, all three series down there, starting. Uh, Actually, with the Xfinity race this afternoon at three o'clock, Nelson, what's your thoughts about Texas and uh, that particular racetrack? It's a it's a fast one, and it's uh, a very similar. Of course, it's a Bruton Smith track, but it's very similar to Atlanta and Charlotte. Fast, but very hot. That's going to be one hundred and four degrees. Holy mackerel! That is hot. Well, oh, oh imagine one thing, uh, Nelson. Looks like you picked twenty one. Uh, I think it was my understanding they had a death in the family uh, recently, but I can't. Uh, I can't recall. You're, you're right, and I I, I can't remember. Uh, I, I don't want to say who it is, but I, I was thinking it may, maybe was uh, uh, Nancy's mother or mother-in-law or something. I, I think that's what it was, Nancy's mother. Yeah, not positive though. Yeah, well, our condolences go to them, and we always think about the Wood Brothers and. Uh, like I say, I didn't know exact names and everything, but we, we just we just all our condolences we can from the radio station. Um, Nelson, uh, how's the weather looking down there? I mean, you said it's 104, but you know that's uh, they've had some torrential rains down there too. Uh, weather looking pretty good. I don't know if there, anything's been on the air yet or not. No, uh, unfortunately, I had not followed the weather yet. <laughs> too much other stuff going on. Okay, I know, and. Um, I don't know if you heard uh, Tom Jensen. Well, I know you did because you're on hold. Uh, that was on before you from the Hall of Fame, and um, um, you know they've got things on hold there. And I, I think of you with your um, uh, all the things you've done in the, the history of NASCAR. And I did actually hear them on the Fox broadcast last week um, give their give their uh, greetings to you and hoping that you're feeling better. And of course, we do here as well. But um, have you got any artifacts in the Hall of Fame uh, that, you know, are attributed to you or, or aren't attributed to you? How, how, what kind of connection do you have with the Hall of Fame? I'm, uh, I'm sure I do. I know, uh, you know, in the cars themselves, I've got the suitors and gifts and boxes and harnesses. Uh, but, uh, you know, Tim Brewer and myself, you know, uh, uh, loaned a number of items and, uh, 
seems to me I have some distributors or adjacent boxes that uh, were on display at one point, and now they've been relegated to the basement. Well, I, I know that uh, Mike Joy um, was, uh, he was very compliment, complimentary of you and uh, with your, uh, I guess you worked with him at CBS? I worked at, uh, well, go back before that, worked with him at MRN. Uh, we had a radio show in Daytona, uh, you know, that uh, preceded our Ken Squire show. And Mark said, Nelson, we're hurting tonight. We don't have anybody. I said, well, who do you want? He said, I'll let him take the floor sweeper. <laughs> <laughs> and here the show starts, and, and here comes, uh, I don't know the names, uh, we call all of them, but the top name drivers were coming in, and his eyes were uh, wide, uh, and for five minutes exactly, and uh, they're out of there. And the whole show was all the name drivers coming in. And he said, how in the heck did you get those? I Well, I tell you, Nelson, uh, and I also know that we, uh, speaking of condolences, we lost a modified driver. I think it was up in Virginia last week. Um, so uh, I, think, I think during the break, I'll look it up and see who that was so we can honor him uh, with a, a good mention. But Nelson, um, you sound good. Take care of yourself. And um, uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for coming on. Okay, very good. We'll talk to you later. All right. Yeah. Thank you. you uh, who is that guy? Smartest man I know. Smartest man I know, too. We've got, got two and a half minutes here before the break, and let me take this opportunity to thank Lanny McKinney. Uh, Lanny, I was a little late starting the recording this morning, but it was only in the opening. I didn't get the very first note of uh, uh, Leonard Skinner, so, uh, but that's okay. We don't, we don't need you to do a, a redo for us, but Lanny does uh, the Budmore Engineering website. He does our Facebook page. And he does anything we ask him to do. And, you know, I was at that thing yesterday at the fairgrounds, Greg, and I couldn't find the business cards that Lanny made me, you know, had made. Oh, I was looking for them. Perfect uh, place to have. Uh, it was perfect. It you was you perfect. up on a podium and, and all them people, and uh, you forget uh, your business uh, cards. And I, and I looked for them before I left. Because, you know what? I thought he had a box of like 100, 200 or something, because it was a big box. But there was only like 50 in there, which is fine. But I said, well, I don't need a, a foot-long box for 50 business cards. So I threw the box away, and I put the business cards in something else. I'm like an idiot. I don't know what I did with them. But that was the perfect opportunity to hand out cards to uh, a crowd like that. But anyway, I'll find them and, uh, and do better next time. Um, but uh, thank you, Lanny, for everything that, we, that you do for us. And... Uh, uh, I, I'm so glad. I don't know why it took us so long to uh, to get you um, as a member of the uh, uh, guest pickers. So um, 
are the, the team pickers here. So thank you, Lanny. We got about a minute to go here. Alan, um, tell us a little bit what you can tell us in a minute about our next guest. Uh, David Smith, like I said before, he's uh, one of our super late models, been working with these late model cars. If everybody knows about these late model cars, uh, you just about be, got to be a rocket scientist to work on one nowadays because they got so many hookup points and stuff. You got your track bar, you got everything, you know. And like me and you was talking about a little bit before, Greg, nowadays you get all these, uh, you getting all these shocks. Everybody's doing it in Winston Cup now. They're getting them down to the bump stops and stuff like that. Well, these super late mile cars are just about headed in, in the same direction. And, mm. uh, He's pretty smart with his cars. He works on his cars himself. And, uh, well, we'll be talking to him up here at the top of this next hour. We get in a little bit more dirt racing. And we got a lot of dirt racing going on around here. And it might be a good night to see it. I hope we dodge all the storms and everything. But we're going to step out right now and go to our next break. You're listening to Start Your Engines and Fox Sports Spartanburg. All of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. Fox Sports trending now. This report presented by GEICO. Did you know that right now, GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com to learn more. The NFL this morning sent a memo to general managers and head coaches confirming that training camp is a full go with rookies to report this Tuesday, quarterbacks and injured players to report this Thursday, and all other players reporting July 28th, which is a week from Tuesday. The Chiefs and Texans will be reporting one day earlier. Golf in round three of the Memorial Tiger Woods today, even through 13. He's at plus three overall, 12 shots behind co-leaders Ryan Palmer and Tony Finau. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets. 
to build wealth and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. From the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your And welcome back to Start Your Engines, our second hour. And, um, of course, I get tunnel vision sometimes and leave things out. Ronnie is not with us again this morning, and uh, um, we hope you're doing good. He sent me his pick right as I was climbing out of bed this morning. So, uh, thank goodness he didn't call me. He just sent me a text. That's the beauty of a text, Greg. You don't have to, you don't have to handle it right away, and you don't have to pick up the phone. But... Uh, Ronnie, you know you're always welcome to call in, and anybody's welcome to call in at 864-468-1400. And, um, but don't call right now because we've got a special guest on the line with um, David Smith. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning, sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. David, this is Alan. Uh, Hello, tell, Alan. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, tell us a little bit. How how'd you get started in racing? It all started, my grand, my grandfather owned and promoted uh, dirt tracks for over 50 years. Charlie Mize was his name, and uh, they built the Anderson Speedway and, and uh, co-owned it up till in the early 80s. And then he had the Livonia uh, race, well, Charlie's race, which is in Livonia, Georgia. They call it Livonia, new Livonia Speedway now. And then he had the, the last track he had was the Hartwell Speedway. And so um, I've just kind of been around it, you know, my whole life growing up, you know, Cleaning up bathrooms, or working in the station stand, or watering the track, or grading the track, or anything that had to be done. It was kind of you know, as a family, everybody kind of did it together back then. And of course, my dad raced for about tw- close to twenty years. He run dirt, and then he also run what was called the uh, Baby Grand Series back then. Uh, Goodies Dashers. They had quite a few names, but uh, oh, he ran the Baby Grand cars. He did. He won the Rookie Deer in '83. Uh, back then, him and Joe Littlejohn was racing for it. Right. Joe Littlejohn I, Jr., I'm sorry. Yeah. And he ended up winning in 83. So, now, and then, what was his name again? Glenn Smith was my dad's name. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, remember I, that now. Yeah, I, I went to a bunch of baby grand races back in those days because they put them on as preliminaries to the 
you know, the cup race or the yeah, bush oh, yeah. race. Yeah, we got to go to Rockingham and yeah. Arlington and Oak Oaksboro and uh, the Daytona, of course, started it off every year. So we went to quite a few uh, places back in the day. And then, as a matter of fact, the very first race, I, I didn't get to start it as much like the uh, kids now. I didn't actually race my best race to the night after I graduated high school. So I was like 18 when I first started it. I ran my first race at Langley Speedway in Hampton, Virginia. And then uh, I ran... Um, a few more races. I ran Greenville Pickens that year, and I run uh, Orange County Speedway and Rougemont. Uh, went to like four or five, you know, different places. Hickory, I made my first laps at Hickory. They used to always have an open practice on Wednesday, so I'd go up there and uh, made some laps to kind of get used to things. And uh, I, we were racing with a guy named Charles Ogle. Charles got killed at Daytona uh, driving for Richard Bash, and, but he had quite a few cars, and so we were kind of like teammates to them, and so I was able to run, and after Charles passed away, then I wanted to go back dirt racing. You know, my granddad still owned dirt tracks at the time, so I built me a dirt car and, and uh, raced dirt for a couple of years, and then, then I decided I wanted to try to, you know, go somewhere. I didn't, like I said, I was not real young getting started like most, but the Anderson Speedway was NASCAR, so uh, I won the NASCAR late model championship there in 1990, and that was the last year it was NASCAR up until... I think the last two or three years has come back to NASCAR again, but I won it the last year. It was NASCAR, 1990. And then I run the Sportsman Series. I won a race at Charlotte in May of 93 in the NASCAR Sportsman Division up there. Boy, uh, that, that was a tough division. You talk about... Man, it was. So, I that mean, week I, I won... I, uh, that, that was some deadly stuff there too. I mean, I, I, I don't want to belabor the the bad stuff, but that was, I think that's pretty much what torpedoed that division. I think because uh, I think so. Too. They ran at Pocono and a lot of other places, and uh, but uh, I tell you what, Charlotte has just some some gruesome happenings. But if you want to race at Charlotte, you, you are a race driver. <laughs> well, yeah, we run second at Pocono one time. We never did win there, but the week I won at Charlotte, we run. They run us three times. We run. Back then, it was the Winston on Saturday, and then we'd race pole night on Wednesday, and then we'd run on Saturday before the, back then, the Bush Grand National. And I'd run third on the first Saturday and second on Wednesday and one on Saturday. So I had a good week that week up there. And you know, we had, a, we, had another, we had another driver that used to run um, those. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just but if I don't say stuff when I think of it, it's gone. Uh, the, <laughs> no problem. Uh, the, uh, no, um, one of our friends at the show, he... I think he won a race at Pocono in that sportsman division um, and, and raced at Charlotte and all around. That was Wally Fowler. Wally came he on and he told, he, did. he told us all about running in that division, and it was tough. That's He's a great the, driver, the too. I, yes, for the day I won, I passed Wally. He was running second at the time, and, and uh, Tim Bender got way out of for, for a change. That race that day, we went caution-free for a lot of it, and uh, so it, it took. I don't know, after I got by Wally, it must have took me like eight laps to run Tim Bender down out of New York. And I passed him on the outside, which they told us not to do in the driver's seat, but that was my only shot because he was blocking low. And uh, I passed him on the outside at the white flag and ended up winning up there. It was a pretty big day. And that's when there was a big crowd at the races back then, too. There was a huge crowd that Saturday there. So it was pretty exciting. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead with what, what else you were going to say. I just I had to throw Wally in there because I think he's the only other guy we've ever had on here that ran that division. I still see, I still see uh, Wally. Some. He's still dirt racing around here local. Oh, I know. Uh, we, uh, Alan, uh, we talked about him last week. I asked Alan about him, and Alan said he was picking squash. So uh, we'll, uh, yeah. we try to keep up with Wally. But uh, go ahead. I, you, you've got a fascinating so after, history. So after, so after, after that, then uh, I started in the uh, Bob Blake that, Bill Carburetors out of Morrisville. Bob Blake was on part of some Winston Cup teams in early days, too. So 
he started a truck team, and so I ran my first truck race, and uh, the very first one I ever had actually was in Phoenix in May, uh, October of 95. So I ran the, that race, and then the next year we started off, it seems like, at Homestead. I ended up running like 10 or 11 races, I guess, in 96, and then I ran the, the last truck race I run was in uh, Homestead in, it seemed like it's February, March of 97. That was the race that uh, Joe's brother... John uh, Hunter Nemechek got killed in. And, uh, and, and you know, well, I was, that wasn't it. I'd already planned that was going to be my last one anyway. I'd, I'd bought a business, but I was the last truck race I ran. But uh, I, I was a little bit all of it. I was living in Miami at that time, and I was at that race. Um, I was in Miami from like '88 to 2001, and was out there when they built Homestead. And and uh, you're talking about now, which I find fascinating. That was that first configuration of Homestead. Which it was like a mini Indianapolis with the four distinct correct, corners correct. and a little straightaway. And uh, yeah, I was looking right at John, uh, Joe Nema, no John, it was John Nemechek. It was John. John, yeah, who lost it right there in the first turn and, and hit on the driver's side because uh, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, but actually, was, I was already out of the race by then. Rich Bickle had got crossed up and. Uh, I don't remember who he got into with, but when it spun them off the wall, they clipped me, and it shot me right straight in the fence too. So um, it ended my day. But uh, well, I was there. I was so, I was at the, I was in the pits <laughs> with you because uh, I got in the pits the hall. I finagled my way in the the pits that every race they had at Homestead till I left town. But uh, so uh, from what I understand now, you sort of pick and choose what you want to run. Is that correct? I do. I, like I said, I, I moved. Um, like I said after I seen that the racing wasn't going to pay off as far as for a living. I, uh, I I got with some I, my, my family. We've owned um, this year is the 60th year we've owned salvage yards. My granddad started one at Anderson Smith Motors of Anderson, and um, so I wanted to do my own because there was a lot of family involved. And I thought, well, I need to get out and kind of get something started and going. So I bought Highbridge Automotive in England from Bill Caldwell and Red Barnwell in '98, and I we kept it up till. Um, 2018 and some guys had bought the property behind me there and they wanted to buy my place so uh, actually at the time I thought about just going back to Anderson and my dad was wanting to retire but at that time we couldn't put a deal together so I ended up buying another place, some properties you know you can't just start a salvage yard you have to, it's got to be zoned in and permitted and all that stuff so I bought an existing yard and I've got it back going I've been there going on two years now and in Spartanburg and I named it Smith Motors of Spartanburg so we sell a lot of repart all of um, Recycled, used auto and truck parts, and um, it's been good to me. That's, that's the only thing I've ever done besides race too is sold parts and and took care of customers and shops and, and garages and you know working with people and, and a lot of people that, that race you're know, in that business also. So it, it's been good for me over the years. It's been real good to my family. I've been blessed with great family, like I said over the, over the years with the grandparents involved in racing. My wife and kids have always been real supportive of my racing. So uh, and I still love it. Uh, this is my 35th year. I've won four times this year actually driving for other people. Uh, I raced last night down in Livonia, Georgia, and we had to pull off. We had a fan blade break and run hot, so we had to uh, – I didn't get to finish. I was running second. But um, I, I said I still love it. I still enjoy it. So I just start racing now, though. It seems a lot more fun. I, I, the, um, the pavement side just got so much um, – where it just took so much money to do it and so much time and it so it got so political to me that it just it took a lot of fun out of it you know well, greg says every week real men run dirt don't you greg exactly right <laughs> that's what it takes i tell you what we're talking to a man right now at flat can get the job done too and it, we're talking to david smith I and mean, I've, I've heard of him for years but uh his record is i knew it was good but pretty impressive 
Heard it very impressive. Very impressive. Well, David, do you have a car now in the shop, or are you just drive for most of No, I, I'm actually keeping an older gentleman's car up. Uh, he's actually 65. He wanted to start racing last year, so he bought a car, and he pays us to maintain it and take him to the racetrack. And, uh, um, but they built him a new car. I, I, did, I raced for TNT race cars out of Johnson City, Tennessee, and um, they're supposed to have That's right next to Bristol, but they're supposed to have me a new car in about three weeks. And so... Um, I'll have my own car again. And plus, like I said, I still drive for other guys, you know, here and there. They'll call me, want to go to a big race or want me to drive or something. But uh, I still want to have my own car where I can kind of do what I want to do and when I want to, you know. So you're a hired gun. I can be, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you do something like that, do you say, yeah, I'll drive your car for X number of dollars and and they'll and they take you up on it or they don't? Is that the way that works when you're a, when you're a hired man? Well, I'm probably a lot different now. I enjoy it so much, and I know what it costs to race. I don't charge nothing to go drive. I just I love it and love to win. And you know, I pick and choose about what I drive. Though I want to be in good equipment, you know. And, oh, absolutely. And, and people that take care take care of their stuff, and you don't want to get. I don't want to get myself hurt. I got to go to work every every morning, so I still make my living that way. But uh, but I do. I enjoy it. I really do. And, and like I said, I've I pretty much race for myself for majority of my whole racing career. But uh, you know, I've just when somebody's out or you know, they between drivers or something, or um, I, I go drive. I, I go in different places. I probably I've won at over thirty different tracks in my career, and won over ten championships. And, and uh, I don't know, I, but I have slowed down a lot. I used to think they couldn't open the gate unless I was there, but I realized <laughs> that they can go ahead and go on without me. But. <laughs> that's that's a bad thing to learn sometimes too. <laughs> I know. I know. I still love the driving part. It's that thing one two o'clock in the morning every night trying to get it done, and you know, then work the next day too. That's what that's what slows you down once you get a little older. Yeah. Just uh, tell us a little bit about this new car, if you can. What kind of car is it going to be? It, basically, all the cars that we run. When I run a crate motor, though, but the cars are basically all the same that you see with the super late model guys now. But the uh, uh, they're trying to keep the shock technology back a little bit on the on the crate stuff that for the expense keep the expense down and uh um you've got an option to either run there's several different classes they get the 602 class which has got like a 400 horsepower motor and i run that's what i've been running here lately and they got the uh gm 604 motor it's just about 450 horsepower but um but the racing in a lot of places you go the, the times will be fairly close because we can run our cars pretty much wide open through the corners and and the um the speeds are not that far off of what a supercar is you know at a lot of racetracks but uh but the super motors cost um, fifty two thousand dollars now, and the motors we run only cost about fifty five hundred dollars. So, quite a bit of difference there. Well, it's still money makes speed. Oh yes, sir. yes, sir. and then with well, the crate cars, and I think what helps me somewhat is just the fact that you've got to be able to keep them pretty free and pretty loose, and where you can drive them and, and maneuver around and and keep your speed up, you know, not not lose a lot of speed. If you don't have a lot of horsepower, you can't get the thing bound up, choked down. You, know, you got to keep it where it's rolling pretty quick. Well, you know, I've got two or three limited cars here now, uh, and Danny, he likes going down there to Greenwood, and, you know, maybe one Saturday night, I might can put you over in one of these limited cars and let you have a little bit more fun. No, that, that'd be neat. I've always said I'd like to try. I never ever really raced those cars much, but it would uh, it'd be pretty neat. That is the I first time I've ever... 
That's the first time I've ever heard this man offer his car to anybody because I've talked to, I've talked to him all the time about, you know, he's got an extra car sitting around and I've never heard him. And he volunteered it to you. So you got to be I know. you got to be one heck of a pedal pusher. Well, well, did you hear what he said? I do not charge to drive a race car. Well, that, My driver don't charge me to drive a race car either. Now I see what perked him up. <laughs> But I'm sitting here on Lake Bowen now. We live here, and man, it's nice out today. And I, I didn't get into like almost two thirty this morning. They had a long night last night down there with just things that went on and get back up the road. But uh, I, I, I thought about going to Gaffney and watching tonight. But I, I may just hang, hang around in the house. But I may not go anywhere. Well, uh, you just sit on the couch. It's about three o'clock, and you can watch TV. You can watch race until midnight because it's, it's, it's one race after that. another today. Yes, sir. Uh, I normally hook my computer to my TV and watch the dirt races, though. It's way more entertaining than those. <laughs> yeah. The dirt races are—they're really good. They've been—I watched a lot of this week. They got the Summer Nationals going on, and the World Outlaws right in Minnesota. The, the um, Lucas Oil—I think they're in Nebraska. So I mean, there's a lot of good racing coming on today. Well, over here at Cherokee Speedway tonight, they're going to start these crate sportsman boys three wide. Three wide. I know. Three. I thought I might want to go. I think that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt race on three wide. Uh, I don't know about that. They did it one time last year, and they made they made about three laps before they had the first caution. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be good. I think dirt racing's real strong in our area. There's a lot of good people right now with it. The heat's really hurting it a lot right now. It's just hard to get the tracks prepped enough to, you know. But uh, maybe when this real bad heat wave gets past us, you know, get get some really good racing back going. We got uh, we're up against the break, but. Um, Give a shout-out to your own business or your sponsors or, or anybody you want to um, give a mention to here before we have to let you go. Yeah, like I said, anybody in the local sport right here that needs any auto parts, I heard Speedy Lube does. I do a lot of business with Lake there at Speedy Lube. They're a good customer of mine. But anybody needs any auto, automotive, truck parts, car parts, we deliver local. Uh, Columbia, Asheville, you know, within like a 100-mile radius, plus we ship. But uh, we take care of a lot of local customers. That's our biggest business. And like I said, we got the Yard and Anderson. It's been there 60 years this year. My granddad started it. And um, like I said, TNT race cars have been a big help of mine for, for many years. And I've got XL um, out of Tennessee, a crane rental place. And I've got Re- Davis Recycling out of Tennessee that helps me. So i got some good people behind me. And you, you definitely can't race. I've I've had people and, and product sponsors been with me over 20 years because I've been good to them. And they've took care of me. And that's what it's all about. If you're good to them, they'll stick with you, you know. Yeah, David, that's exactly the truth. And uh Appreciate you coming on. You take your good afternoon nap this afternoon and kind of get freshened up and come on to Cherokee. That's right. I appreciate you guys having me. Good talking with you. Holler at me again sometime. I sure will. Thank you so much for coming on, David. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. All right. That's David Smith. Good interview. Uh, that guy's got some, I mean, he's got some talent. He's got a lot of talent, but he he's, has spread it around some series that I was actually at the races. I mean, when he said he was at that Homestead truck race, you know, I used to go to all those things down there. Well, whenever he mentioned the name Charlie Mize, boy, that just threw me back in the 70s and stuff like that. We used to race against him back then and uh, didn't even know he was acquainted to Charlie Mize and him. Ain't that something? All right, let's take our next to last break and come back, and I'm going to turn and... um, Alan Loose on the local scene. You're listening to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Driving Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. Windows down or AC on. Either way, there's no better way to beat the heat than with ice-cold favorites from McDonald's. Now get a large Minute Maid slushie for $2 in sweet flavors fruit punch, blue raspberry, or new pink lemonade. Or get a refreshingly bold McCafe iced coffee, any size for $1.69. To beat the heat, there's nothing sweeter than an icy treat. It's not just a drink, it's a McDonald's drink. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Minute Maid is a registered trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm a gravel truck. I'm busy laying the foundation for your city's newest suburb. You're stuck behind me, and I'm about to make it rain. <laughs> Rocks. Now you're swerving, but there's no avoiding this downpour. Better watch out for that guardrail. So get Allstate, where agents help protect you from mayhem, like me. You're in good hands with Allstate agent Jack Mabry in Boiling Springs. Give him a call today, 253-9155. Open Mike Daly is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. Hi, is anyone there? How do we explain our longevity? Clean living, for one. A keen grasp of reality. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. You think you know me? Definitely wasn't Creedence Clearwater Revival there. That's a little hard for me there. That, that Metallica there. Is that who that was? That's, that's who it was. I, I couldn't pick a Metallica song out if my life depended on it. And here Greg, uh, of course, Greg was a musician. He used to he used to be with the boys in the band. I used to do a little of it. Uh, he never was in my 8-track tape section. Mine neither. <laughs> but uh, they did have a couple of pretty cool album covers. I want to touch on something of a... A little more serious note here. During the break, I looked it up. And the uh, modified driver that was uh, we, we lost last weekend, and that was at Langley Speedway last Saturday. And uh, David Smith was just talking about racing at Langley, which is a, is a very famous track up in Virginia. And uh, his name was Sean Beluzzo. He was 64 years old and um, he was from Hampton, Virginia. And he was so good, Greg, they had a $1,000 bounty out on him last year if you could, if you could beat him. But uh, he was, uh, 
uh, he was in a the second 50 lap uh, heat race and was running third and uh, made contact with the second place car of Chris Johnson and um, got airborne and went over the hood and crashed into the says the first turn wall at about 70 miles an hour and those I tell you what those open wheel modifieds are so powerful I mean they uh, I guess uh, I don't know for sure but power wise I I rank them up there with like a sprint car or a uh, championship big car or something. It's just well, what they weigh like a fifteen hundred pounds with a huge engine in there, and everything offset to the left side. And like you said, they are rocket ships on wheels. And uh, like you said, uh, and don't get me wrong, they most of these short tracks nowadays they don't have these soft walls. And, no, and they when they hit a wall, it, it's pretty it's pretty harsh. And um, you know, actually, this show. Uh, <laughs> If we stuck another hour on it, which I don't want to do, um, but, you know, we might could get into modifieds a little bit. and We never touch on motorcycle racing. We're shamefully uh, short on drag racing. So uh, there's just a lot of racing to talk about. And unfortunately, this is an instance where we're going to talk about it because of the wrong thing and not the right thing. But uh, modified racing is great. So anyway, Alan, what's going on locally? Well, we've had a little bit of racing going on here Uh Last night up at Carolina Speedway, they had a few divisions racing up there at Carolina Speedway. Pretty little racetrack up there. That's in Gastonia, right? Gastonia, that's exactly right. They had open wheel modifieds up there. Uh, Steve Padula took first place up there. Second place went to Jeremy Steele. Third place went to Jordan Feeder. Uh, in the Thunder Bomber division, Thunder Bomber B, first place went to Jonathan Henson. Second place went to Adam Vandire. Third place went to T.J. Boland. And the USC Sprints, first place, went to Eric Riggins, Jr. Second place went to Kyle Eberson. Third place went to Mark Smith. In the Pro 4 division, first place went to A.J. Barker. Second place went to Randy Weaver. Third place went to Cody Furbos. And the Enduro division had 23 cars shows up for us Enduro division. First place went to Shorty Lacey. Third place. Second place went to Chade Adams. And... Third place went to Scotty Hill. Okay. You want to uh, take a quick phone call? Yeah, let's take one. Yeah, we, we don't get we a lot of phones. We'll, we'll take this one. Um, who we got on the phones? Did you say your name was Robbie? That's correct, uh, Robbie. Okay, Robbie, what you got for us, buddy? Oh, uh, well, come up watching uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, what do you call it, IndyCar right. races. Yep. Uh, I Al love it. Unser. Yep. Uh, I was one of the guys that was kind of my favorite. I wanted to ask if you had a a forty mile. I'm just using this for an example. A forty mile uh, road, and uh, it's it just straight. You know, just a straight road. And at the end of the forty mile marker, you had a finish line. If you took one of those Indy cars. Alongside of somebody like uh, 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 Johnson, uh, NASCAR, what do you think the outcome would would be, uh, you know, at the end of that road? Just a straight track, you know, just straight 40 miles. What do you think with which car, yes, what I'm saying? Well, you're talking about just a straight 40 mile drag race. 
there you go with the, with one of those IndyCar. IndyCar compared yeah. to a NASCAR car. Go uh, ahead, Alan. I, I'd probably say that IndyCar would probably be long gone. But what... Um, I guess uh, they they could do it on a tank. They wouldn't. Gas wouldn't be a fuel. Yeah, wouldn't be no, a factor. No, fuel wouldn't be no factor. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think you if you was taking Indy car and put him up against NASCAR car on a, any racetrack right now, because your Indy car wastes a lot and everything, and it's got four independent. Which NASCAR is going to your independent suspension next year. I thought you but, were trying to keep that a secret. Well, that's a, no, that's a, that's a, something else. That's something else. <laughs> okay. But I mean, they go into independent suspension. Everybody knows that they well, are. They go into Delara chassis and stuff. But, uh, but they, the best thing they could do, wanting to find out something that's, uh, I agree with the IndyCars, obviously. Be, but I do know Tim Rich been running around a seven mile test track, the GM test track, ran 237. Well, that's the, oh, the only about place seven, I know. Seven mile, about a seven-mile track, yep. high bank. Oh, that's right. And you yeah. could take an Indy car and a stock car and put it up. The, 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 the stock car ain't good. If you take the plates and all the stuff off of it, but, well, the stock car got a little bit of a chance. But no, them, them Indy cars, they, they cut, cut the trail pretty good. But the only place I know that you could probably find 40 miles straight be Mike said whenever he was with Cecil Gordon in that old big Q band was out in Texas. He said they straightaways out in Texas were so long that they could take a block of wood and stick it under the gas pedal <laughs> and wedge the gas pedal and just hold the steering wheel. <laughs> well, you, you could probably do it at Bonneville. I don't know if the, the salt and the sand would uh, how it would affect those cars, but uh, they run a lot of different kinds of cars out there. Hey, Robbie, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks sure for listening. appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. But good, good question. Thanks for calling <laughs> in. And really, you guys, uh, call in anytime. Yeah. It's, it's great to talk to the listeners. And uh, uh, 864-468-1400. So, uh, Alan, didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, right. we got somebody to call in. We'll jump right on them. Yes, we will. Uh, we're going to move up here to Harris Speedway last week uh, in the Thunder Bomber Division. First place went to Ray Hudson. Second place went to Johnny Westmoreland. Third place went to Madison Hoots. In the Pure Stock Division, first place went to Tyler Geis. Second place went to Nathan Showtime Pierce. Third place went to Chris Jones. In the stock four division, first place went to Jamie Madison. First place went to Data Unavailable. <laughs> I think that boy's transponder went out on him, but... Uh, Data, Unavailable. Data, Unavailable. Data Unavailable. Data Unavailable. Third, third place went to Kevin Cooper. Got a brother named da- yeah. Dana Unavailable. In the Thunder Bomber <laughs> Future Division of exciting <laughs> race in Thunder Bomber, if you could see it... Uh, First place was out front leading. Second place put a little bit of pressure on him. Went down in the fourth turn. And the first place kind of lost it. Went up the racetrack. Stayed in the gas. Come down. Caught the second place boy in the right rear. Kind of like Michael McDowell did a boy at Bristol. And uh, spun both of them out. And here comes third place, which was Danny Edmonds. Danny Edmonds picked up the win in the Thunder Bombers division. Second place went to Bobby Whitworth. Third place went to Stetson Todd. Okay, we're gonna move over here. We're gonna ha- we having a big three day event at Cherokee Speedway. They having the Crusa Street Stocks showing up over here for five thousand dollars to win. This was a three day event. You could show up on Thursday, practice a little bit on Thursday evening. Qualifying was last night, and this Cherokee Street Stock Division, which is paying five thousand dollars to win, they had thirty nine cars to show up. They had four heat races. In the first heat race, went to Bud Chansey. Second place in the first heat race, went to Damien Crump. 
third place was Earl Petty. In the second qualifying race, first place went to Ricky Green. Second place went to Jeff Robinson. Third place went to Tim Powers. In the third heat race, first place went to Tyler Love. Second place went to Andrew Blackwood. Third place went to Jamie Madison. Uh, Jamie Madison jumping up here to this Christmas Street stock. He's kind of like David Smith. He'll pick and choose you. You call this boy, he'll come jump in your car for you. Oh, damn, runs good. Yeah, yes, he does. I bet he charges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man over here worried about money. <laughs> I know I would. In the fourth heat race, first place went to Caleb McLaughlin. Second place went to Dalton Peavy. Third place went to Race McMahon. Good name. Good name. Race McMahon. Okay, other division race last night, which we uh, will not have them over there tonight, is the Extreme Four Division. First place went to Johnson Shrett. Second place went to Brooks Kirby. Third place went to Isaac Susby. And the Thunder Bomber Division, first place went to Riggy Bogan. Second place went to Bailey Hip. Third place went to Steve Green. And the 604 Late Models, first place went to John Reggio. Uh, second place went to Dylan Brown. Third place went to Brian Mullis. Okay, like I said, they are going to be starting these boys three wide at Cherokee Speedway tonight for this $5,000 to win. And when you start 24 cars three wide on the mm. third track, first turn, that's eight rows of trouble. Well, that's uh, that, that reminds you of dark. Some of the first darns, <laughs> you know, they start run down in one three abreast, oh, yeah. so the five hundred stuff the like that. Old Darlington, yeah, Whenever yeah. You had to slide up, or you had to, you either slid up or you either checked up. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So that those cars there going around, it started three. But also on this schedule tonight, they got the fast dash for cash. They got the B mains. They're going to take the B-Mains. If you can win a B-Main, they'll probably move you over into the A-Feature. A-Feature is going to be 40 laps, $5,000 to win. Also on the deal is 602 Late Models. A little bit like David Smith said, they're going to pay them boys $2,000 to win tonight. You may see, uh, David may get a phone call after this. So uh, also on the card tonight, Thunder Bombers, $800 win. Stock 4 Division, $800 to win. Extreme four eight hundred dollars win. Grandstands will be twenty dollars to get in. Pits will be thirty five. Kids under ten get in for free. Like to see that kids get in free. Lots of kids every every night at the racetrack. Yep. They are going to have a special for people that likes these t shirts to wear around. They're going to have a special t shirt on sale tonight over there, uh, commemorating this uh, five thousand win Crucis Street Stop three wide. So. Uh, Everybody, take you a little bit extra money to get that T-shirt. And the stands is going to be $20 to get in, $35 to get in the pits. Harris Speedway tonight. They're going to have eight divisions racing up there at Harris Speedway. They got the Southeastern Late Model Series. They got the Renegade Stock 8. They're going to have the Thunder Bomber Division, Pure Stock Division, Front Wheel Drive Stock, Thunder Bomber Futures, going to pay them boys $400 to win. So, after the little deal last week of where first place took out second place, they're going to make it a little bit more exciting. They're going to put four, they're going to have $400 to win, so it will get exciting up there. Mm. Young Guns Division and V6 Front Wheel Drive. Also up there, they got, uh, in the V6 Front Wheel Drive, the number four car, 
they got a wanted poster out for this boy. Kevin Brooks been winning every race up there, so two hundred dollar bounty. You know, it's you doing something right. Yeah. Also, wanted poster in the young guns division, Trent Blackwell, car number twenty two. Got a $100 bounty out on the young gun division. There you go. So when you walk around, you see like in the old western days, when you see you want a poster up there, <laughs> it don't say dead or alive. But most of these deals, you, this boy has to be running at the end of the race. You cannot take him out and then say, well, I took him out and I outrun him. Yeah, no, they can't. Got to be some you kind to, of control. Got this, uh, got to be running at the end of this race. At Harris Speedway tonight. Uh, stands are going to be $15 to get in. Stands will open at 5 p.m. tonight. Pits are going to be $30 to get in. And the pits will open at 4 o'clock. Driver's meeting will be at 6.30. Ought to be down to about 95 degrees by then. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes up there at Harris, uh, don't get me wrong, I've uh, been up there in October, and the fog rolled in off the Broad River. And we had to stop the race because of fog. We done that at Pocono, I think we did, a couple of times. Let me ask you a question. Um, I guess it would depend on how your car was running, but just in general, where do you want Danny Tesnier to line your car up on, on that three abreast, assuming you're on the front row? I like the inside because everybody knows that everybody's always said that eight tires are better than four. Well, when you start three wide, you got 12, <laughs> 12. tires. You got 12 tires. <laughs> So I kind of like being on that inside. And NASCAR started that this week. How'd you like that over at Bristol where you got the choice on the inside of the outside? Yeah. They've been doing that at Cherokee Speedway now for a long time. Well, let's take our next break and come back, and I'll get into the results, and we'll talk about that very thing because uh, that was pretty pretty much different with the lights under the car and all that I stuff. I like those lights. Well, okay, let me, let's make a commercial and I'll hear what y'all have to say about it because I've got, a, I got some thoughts on it. You're listening to, <laughs> I bet you do. You're, you're listening to Start Your Engines from Fox Sports Spartanburg. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? 
I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Lately, I've been eating one home-cooked meal after another. I'm talking million-dollar spaghetti, Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up, place an order online, or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. When it's hot and it's hot, there's only one thing better than water, ice. And Spartanburg Water has twice the ice with 12 convenient ice houses located around the county. Twice the ice is affordable. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. Twice the ice is never touched by human hands, never stored in a warehouse, and uses local water. And it's available 24 hours a day using cash, credit, or debit card. To find the Twice the Ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWater.org slash ice. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. Want to find out what's going on on Fox Sports 1400? Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We have everything you need, including the all-important Listen Lively. Find it all at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Name that tune. That tune right there. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't. I've heard it, but I can't catch it. Boy, I, t- you, you, I mean, I know you're knowledgeable and a musician and everything, but you, you floored me with Metallica back there in the last break. All right, let's get into some results here, and we got a good bit to cover here in about uh, 14 minutes. And last week, I didn't get the Grand Prix, and I really want to get to it this week. So let yeah, me quit yapping I, and like get going. Um, in the cup course uh the big race we've already discussed a little bit and uh, uh not much left to say about it was uh cole custer coming from out of nowhere and a strong car to win that race and he looked real real good doing it i know he's proud and uh he should be he's got a good team and uh and they're running good and the guy that finished second is uh was martin truex and i know ronnie's waiting for him to get get his act together because ronnie's picking him every week Third place went to Matt D. Benedetto. Fourth was Kevin Harvick. Fifth was Kurt Busch. 
Sixth was Ryan Blaney. Seventh was Christopher Bell in that number 95. And he's running good every week, as is Ryan Blaney. Eric Elmarola is running good every week. And the other Stuart Haas car um, was eighth. Keselowski was ninth. And Tyler Reddick was tenth. Um, looking at the point standings for the playoffs. Um, you know, that took up another spot when Cole Custer won that race. So uh, uh, you win a race, you win, you're in. So that uh, changes things and might make it a little bit tough for somebody like Jimmy Johnson, who's hanging on by a thread here. Let's look at it. Kevin Harvick is first with four wins. Denny Hamlin is second with four wins. And as I say, the stage points and everything is what determines who's ahead of who when, you, when you're tied with wins. Um, Keselowski is third. Joey Logano, his teammate, is fourth. They got uh, two wins each. Fifth is Ryan Blaney. And um, so you've got your uh, three Penske cars right there together. Sixth is Chase Elliott with one win. Ryan Blaney's got one win. Chase has got one. Martin Truex has got one. Alex Bowman is at eighth. He's got one. And Cole Custer is ninth. He's got one, and he's in. So that just leaves um, positions 10 through 16 to, to get in there. And right now it would be on stage points. And those are in order. Tenth is Eric Almarola. Eleventh is Kurt Busch. Twelfth is Kyle Busch. Thirteenth is Matt D. Benedetto. Fourteenth, Clint Boyer. Fifteenth, William Byron. And sixteenth, Jimmy Johnson. So, uh, you know, those boys that hadn't won a race yet need to win a race. Let's uh, talk. I did not print anything out, so I'll have to go a little bit by memory here on the... Uh, uh, all-star race that uh, Wednesday night, which was very entertaining. We've already talked about uh, Bubba Wallace getting taken out. But we had some other things going on there, and one I'll touch on, and I'm not going to change my mind on this, I don't think. I don't like the numbers being pushed back, although they did show the history of numbers in NASCAR. And it was uh, the first one they showed was Herb Thomas's uh, Hudson of Smokey Unic, and it had a 92 on the front fender and a 92 on the back fender. And fabulous Hudson Hornet all across the middle of the car. Yep, that was the way they done it. And that was a famous car. And it won Southern 500s and championships. And uh, and then, uh, of course, it showed the KK for Chryslers with the 300 numbers. And, and uh, of course, Dan Gurney won Riverside all those years with car number 121. Yep. So uh, numbers have been pretty, pretty uh, uh, varied over the years. But now I think they... You won't see one go over 99, but they will go down to like 09. But I like it in the middle of the door. I'm old school, and I'm going to stay that way. Another thing that went on that I'm going to let Alan talk a little bit about was the uh, the choose cone, which uh, that was different. So how do you like the way that went since you deal with it every race? I like it very much. Uh, we got that over at Cherokee Speedway. Uh, like you said, uh, you heard uh, Chase Elliott talk about it. He liked it deal of being able to choose and what it's going to do is like whenever we go back to Martinsville and everybody wants to start on the inside and you racing off a pit road and get down there and you you got your spotter telling you to slow up, slow up, let somebody pass you because you're even car number. What it's going to do is once you get out there now, you can just keep on going down pit road and go out there and blend in and then you're going to get be able to make your choice you know, come down the front straight away, be on one side or the other. And uh, what it's going to do is some of these old boys that's going to stay out on older tires that really wants the inside at Martinsville. Well, guess what? If your first three cars wants that inside because you own older tires and everybody knows that inside is the fastest way, 
You get a boy that's coming out there with four new tires, guess what he's going to do? He's going to jump on that outside because he's going to be good for about four or five laps. Oh, yeah. He's he, he going to be fast for four, five, six laps. And yeah. uh, it's going it's to make... It's going to make racing a little bit more interesting, and that's what it's all about. Well, that might be something they adopt, um, but that wouldn't be necessary at Daytona or Talladega or anything, would it? Or no, would it? No, not not Daytona, Talladega. What you're looking at, mostly a uh, half-mile track. Half-mile track, Dover, Dover, Martinsville, Bristol, you know. They used to they used to be, uh, the, you sat on the pole, I know this is off base a little bit, but no, Dar- go. Dar- at Darlington, the, the, the pole setter always could decide if he wants to start the race on the outside or inside. Yeah, but that was just for the start of the race. Exactly. But I, I like this deal of people get to choose a little bit. Yeah, and I think it might show up if they do it at, at Texas this weekend. You know, Texas, everybody knows that that outside groove sometimes does not get a good restart like the inside groove does, and that's on a mile and a half racetrack. Yeah. You know, some of these racetracks that don't have as much grip on the start of the race, that's where it's really going to show up at. You hear boys spinning their tires on the takeoff and stuff like that. But uh, I kind of like it. It's, it lets these boys come off pit road still, you know, running whatever pit road speed is instead of trying to check up, let somebody in front of me. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Danny's probably going to smile at me, but... Uh, about four or five years ago, when we'd only have one heat race in our division, uh, we would want to start either either you wanted to start on the pole and start the race, and if you seen you weren't going to stay on start on the pole, you would either want to start back there about fourth and be able to get a run off the second turn. Yeah. And uh, that's just the way uh, racing was. And don't get me wrong, there's a couple of times in the heat race when Danny would go out We'd have a bad draw, and I told him, I said, as long as you can get to fourth. That's it. Get me to fourth. I know coming off second turn, we're going to be running second. And uh, from second on, we was, you know, he, he could he could dispose of that first place car. Oh, yeah. I tell you, it's one thing that I always, Dale, we used to always like is, for some strange reason, qualifying third or starting third on a restart where cars hadn't got lapped, I've always seen our car usually runs better, usually if it comes out of third. You know, that, that's on asphalt. But, yeah, the fourth, deal, that's the same thing. As long as you get up there, you get your run. And uh, bringing it up just a little bit, get a run. Uh, the deal with uh, Jimmy Johnson last week and Brad Keselowski. Mm. Uh, NASCAR should have told Brad Keselowski get up to that rear bumper of the 48 car because if you look, he... Uh, he kind of laid back about a car length, and he got a run on the 48 car, and he knew he was going to jump to the inside. And it took it, a little it, late, though. It was Well, it, it was a little late for Jimmy to try to block that right, deal, right. but uh, that's uh, that's a deal that they should tell these boys, look at here. But they jump onto the boy because he wants to start. You can't beat the leader to the start-finish line and stuff like that, but you can't start to race till the, the lead car gets to be able to start to race. They need to look at that review and say, hey, if you're not on that man's rear bumper and we see that you're laying back more than a half a car length, and, I mean, it's easy, plain as day to see on, on you know, they need to they need to black flag that boy. Okay. We, let, let's, uh, I'm, I'm running out of time. I'm already not going to get to all this stuff, but uh, quick verdict on the lights under the car. I don't care for it. Don't care for it. Don't. Not gonna, and I, I didn't realize, I guess I missed it. You said blue was for Ford, 
red was for Chevy and yellow was for Toyota. Toyota. Or orange, whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Let's move on here because we're not going to make it in five minutes, I can tell you. The uh, Xfinity race was run the second one. Uh, no. No, we got all that in last week. Only thing I wanted to touch on here was the point standings and just reiterate that um, uh, they run today. I'll get hopefully the TV schedule in a minute. Jeremy Clements is 14th. He needs to get to 12th. He's 16th out of 13th and 32 points out of four, out of 12th. So last night in the IndyCar race, we touched on it. There was a bad crash. I, I can't belabor the point too much, but uh, that was at Iowa, the first race. Um, I got it back up to last Saturday where they ran at Elkhart Lake, and Patricio O'Ward had that thing in the in the bag driving for uh, Arrow McLaren and screwed around there towards the end and let Felix Rosenquist run him down. And the rookie uh, last year, he's a sophomore now on the circuit, Felix Rosenquist driving uh, for Chip Ganassi got the win. So Ganassi uh, had been dominating with... Uh, um, Scott Dixon, well, his backup car, or his second car, won last week, and it was a very popular win for the Swede. Um, Felix Rosenquist was first. Patricio O'Ward was second. Alexander Rossi, third. Marcus Erickson, fourth. And Colton Herta, fifth. I won't go any further because they ran another race last night, and that was at Iowa. And uh, that's where they had the bad crash. Uh, Simon Pagino was the winner. Scott Dixon, second. Oliver Askew, third. I just want to say one thing, and I know it happens on uh, short tracks, but when you when they're coming down for the green and then you don't throw it for uh, for whatever reason, you don't like the way they're lined up, that's just a recipe for disaster. I know a lot of tracks, like a bigger track, you probably have the luxury of letting them run a little bit and then put out a caution. But just to not throw the flag when they think they half the guys in the back are on it, you know, that's that's not going to work. At Cherokee Speedway, they let the boys going down the back straightaway and start blinking the lights. And they tell them on the race monitor, we're going back to caution, boys. They, right. let, they let them go through the first and second turn. Not, not giving them the green when they're expecting. That's a dangerous thing. Um, Scott Dixon is leading the points. Pagano second. O'Ward is third. Newgarden fourth. And Colton Herta, who... Uh, is the one that got um, run over last night uh, is fifth. Uh, we're not going to touch on the trucks. They do run today. I'll talk about it in a minute. We won't go do the points in that. We won't do ARCA because I'm running out of time. Formula One, uh, they are at Hungary. Uh, the first race was won by Valtteri Bottas, and I talked a little bit about it last week, and a lot of drivers took their knee for Black Lives Matter, um, but Lewis Hamilton did not. But he pointed out that he is black, and he painted his car black instead of the normal silver, and um, and he supports it 100%. There was a little controversy about him not participating. And then he did turn around and win um, at Austria last week. So uh, first two races were won by McLaren. Some other stuff going on I'm just not going to have time to get to. I do want to say that uh, Mike Hill and the... Uh, uh, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Tour is in Sebring. That race is today. The Cadillac Grand Prix of Sebring. It's normally a 12-hour race. This year, it's 2 hours and 40 minutes. Let me uh, go straight to the TV schedule. I've got a minute and a half to do it. I think I can make it. Um, today, well, Formula One's already qualified this morning. Uh, so at, at uh, 155, 
if you got IMSA TV, the, the sports cars we were just talking about will be qualifying. Then at 3 o'clock on NBCSN is the Xfinity Series from Texas. At 5.30, if you can get Mav TV, is the ARCA race from Iowa. At the same time on NBCSN, 5.30 is the IMSA race at Sebring. Um, then at 8 o'clock tonight is the Gander Truck Series from Texas. And at 8.30 tonight is the Indy Cars from Iowa. So that's a lot of racing today. Tomorrow, Formula One at 9.05 from Hungary. The uh, NASCAR uh, race is at the, the big race. The cup race is at 3 o'clock from Texas. And it looks like they still call in the Indy 500 for August the 23rd. Got 30 seconds. And I crammed it in and I left a lot out. Greg, anything? 10 seconds. All, all I know is we got it's all some good racing. We're going to see some better racing. And I just bless that everything falls in place for everybody. Alan? start coming and going. And Glad to see NHRA back on the schedule. Uh, NHRA had a little race last weekend and uh, said, Ram, watched a little bit of that drag racing. And glad to see them boys get back on the program. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we need to touch more on drag racing, but we're, uh, we're up against the end of the show here, boys. That was a good show. I enjoyed all our guests. Hope you'll come back next week and uh, another edition. I'm sure uh, we'll have a, a lot more information to try to grab in a few hours. And uh, Natalie, get our table ready and keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. Fox Sports trending now. This report presented by GEICO. Did you know that right now, GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what GEICO could already save you.